having, believing that God's going to come through, being persistent in our faith. That's what we looked at last. And this one I want to, if you're not praying in humility, could be a wrong way to pray. And we're going to look at a story in the Bible, the Pharisee and the tax collector. So speaking of humility, I want to try to define that word when it comes to the Bible. Now, there are some terms that you can think of when it comes to humility, that being poor, poor or weak, being afflicted, being brought low is humility. Counting others more important than yourself is humility. In Micah 6, 8, says that the Lord God is what is good or what he requires of us is to walk humbly with our God. To walk humbly with our God. It's an essential characteristic of piety. In Proverbs 22.4 about humility, it says we are rewarded when we are humble and fear God. We are rewarded when we have respect and we have awe and we have terror and we have know the love of our Father, we are rewarded when we fear and we walk humbly with the Lord. Two examples in the Bible about humility, one being a child. Jesus gives that example of a child, meaning that we need to see ourselves as a little child when it comes to God. There's nothing we can do to bring to God. We have nothing that we have to offer him. Just like your child when it's little, like they have nothing to offer you. We have nothing to offer God as children. But yet he's the, our father, he loves us. That is coming to him in humility, that we're totally dependent upon our father. The other example, of course, is Christ. That Christ came to this earth, he took on flesh, he was the servant of all servants. To a point of death on the cross. He served everyone with humility. He is our example of humility. So with that being said, let's turn to Luke chapter 18, 9 through 14. I'm going to read it and we're going to go back through it. But this is the story uh, that Jesus told right after he told the story of the persistent widow. The Pharisee and the tax collector. He, Jesus, also told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and treated others with contempt. Verse 10, two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men extortioners, unjust, idolaters, or even like the tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give tithe of all that I get. But, 13, the tax collector, standing far off, would not even lift up his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner." Jesus says in verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, rather than the tax collector. For everyone who exalts himself, lifts himself up, will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. Two men went up to pray. 
Two men that could not be any different. The Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee, we saw a bunch of the, the Jewish um, messianic, the, the Jewish um, Orthodox Jews when we were in Israel, and they like, would not even look at you. They wouldn't give you the time of day. They would walk by you. You'd try to start a conversation. They didn't want anything to do with it. They're in their rooms, and they're, they're praying all day. Nothing wrong with praying in a quiet room. That's how we, we should pray, not in public. Um, but they're out in public doing it as well. But they're doing those things because they think that that's what's going to make them right with God. It's a lot like a Pharisee was at the time. They're doing these things in public. They're doing all these things. They're putting these expectations on people to live a certain way. And they were the very religious people that Jesus rebuked quite a bit. Then you have the tax collector who, who was, uh, grew up as a Jewish, but then became a tax collector for the Roman government. And the Jews just absolutely hated them because they are now collecting and forcing people to give taxes for those that are oppressing their people. If you've anyone watched the Chosen series, you'll get a good feel for how much a tax collector is despised um, by the Jews if you watch that series. So here you have the contrast between a Pharisee and a tax collector. And Jesus gives this example where they both go up to pray. There's other big contrast between these two, the Pharisee and the tax collector. One went up in his pride and one went up in his humility. One prayed to God and one prayed to himself. Major contrast. So there's three points that I want us us to see when it comes to humility, when it comes to the teachings of Christ in this story. First one is humility is seeing yourself clearly. Seeing yourself for who you are. I'm going to read verse 11 through 12 again. The Pharisee, standing by himself, prayed thus, God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. If you or me, if we believe we are in good standing with God for what we have done, you will begin to compare yourself to other people. If you think you're good with what you have done to to God, like God is okay with you, that you're righteous, that you are right with God because of what you have done, you will begin to compare yourself to others. You need a standard for how well am I doing. I must be doing okay because I'm looking at this guy down here and he's doing terrible. He's like a tax collector. Like he's sinning all the time. He's doing all that. So I must be okay with God. I must be doing all right. And you will treat other people with contempt. And you can always find someone worse than you. And when you treat people with contempt, it means that you're exalting yourself, you're lifting yourself up, and you're looking down on everyone else. Pride pride. There's not many things we can make fun of in this world anymore, but one of them that I've held on to is a Philadelphia lawyer. 
Anyone know any Philadelphia lawyers? I, don't, I want to be able to continue to make fun of Philadelphia lawyers, if that's all right. So a Philadelphia lawyer finds himself in heaven. And he's there, and Jesus is walking him around, and the majesty and the wonder, and God's glory is all there in heaven. And he walks by a group of pastors, and he sees their homes that they're living in. And they're, you know, they're pretty nice, but they're modest. And he's like, oh, probably have something a little smaller than that. But God takes him and shows him this majesty, this castle that he's created for him. He's like, this is for me? And God said, yeah, it's for you. He goes, yeah, but we walk by those pastors, and they have really small houses. He goes, oh, yeah, pastors are here all the time. He goes, this is our first Philadelphia lawyer we ever had, so I wanted to give you something really nice. So pride, pride. We don't want to be prideful. Verse 12, we see here, I fast, it says, this prideful Pharisee, he said, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. But this tax collector over here, at least I'm not like him. They talked about fasting twice because Moses went up on the hill, went up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments, say he went up on like the fifth day and came back on the second day or something, maybe that's reverse, second day and fifth day of the week. So they fasted twice a day on the fifth day, the second day and the fifth day of the week, and they did all of these things in public and, and they felt like they were just doing so well with God when they were not, when they were blind, they could not see, and it wasn't that they were fasting. And it wasn't that they were giving, but they were doing it publicly, and they're wanting all the credits from God. Wanted everyone else to know that they were super religious. The second point is humility is loving God and others above yourself. The first one is knowing who you are. The second one is humility is loving God and others above yourself. Have you ever heard someone like mumbling to themselves? You think, well, what's wrong with that person? But you can hear them say like, you got this, you can go, you come on. Well, they're talking to themselves, right? Like I've been, I've talked to myself before. It's okay if you do it. It's all right. We can get you help. No, I'm just kidding. But you talk to yourself, like I talk to myself. And when I read this verse, of the Pharisee and what he is saying to God. I want you to listen for the eyes in verse 11 through 12. He said, the Pharisee standing by himself said thus, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners and just adulterers, even like this. He says, I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I get. I, I, I. Country song, right? Talk about me. You want to talk about I? I want to talk about number one on my me, my what I think, what I like. You know, I want to talk about me, right? He's talking about I. Like it's all the time about I instead about God. He's praying to himself. He's not praying to God. He's praying to himself. He wants to make it all about him. You remember the Lord's Prayer? Our, circle that first word, our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, right? God, you're holy. Your name is, even your name is holy. You're in heaven. Give us, plural. Not give me, give us. Give your church, not just true life, but we're thinking the world, right? For God so loved the world, not just the 370 Valley. But give, give your church. Give us. It's not about me. It's about God and it's about others. It's like loving God and others before yourself is humility. I, uh, we were going to my mom's uh, last Sunday because we had Monday off. And so we went to my mom's for her birthday. It was her 65th birthday. She's getting Medicare, so we had to like make fun of her about being old. And we walked up and we're like, Mom, you smell like being gay. Like, what's going on? But um, she took it with strides. But uh, so we were on the way down and we stopped in a s- small rural uh, town in Missouri, kind of like where I grew up. And uh, Natty went to the bathroom and he came back out. And I saw a lady talking to him at the gas station. And I got in, I was like, Hey, you're making friends, huh? And he's like, Yeah. He said, The lady just like smiled at me and started up a conversation. And he goes, People, not, people here are really are nice. And I said, yeah, usually people in like a small town are very nice. They're usually typically nicer than uh, someone in a city, so even though this area is pretty, pretty nice. I mean, I used to work on the East Coast. Like, y- y'all are nice right here in St. Charles, um, but even nicer there. And I was wondering about that. I was like, wonder why. I know it's part of the culture. Like, I remember growing up, like, if you didn't wave at somebody, they, like, your aunt or something, she'd call you, like, are you mad at me? Like, no, I just didn't recognize you until you already passed. Like, okay, it's fine. But I was beginning to wonder that, and I think, you know, if you, if you do grow up poor or with less and more dependent upon God, I, I think there is a sense of humility about you. Which does make you nicer, and which does make you more humble. I remember Tim Keller saying one time, he said, if you go into an affluent area, into a church, you're going to go in there and you're going to hear preaching about like prosperity gospel, or you're going to be hearing about um, societal things, or social justice, or whatever. Not to say anything about that is wrong, but he said, you're going to hear that preaching because people want to hear what I can do. What can I do? What do I need to do to be right with God? What do I need to do to make myself feel better? And this is generally speaking, but he said, you know, you go to a rural area and you go into a church, they're going to be preaching the gospel. There's nothing you can do apart from Christ. Nothing you can do. You're like a child. You have nothing to bring to your father. Humility. Humility. Number three, humility is simple, but yet it's hard, isn't it? Admitting that there's something wrong with me, and that the only way to be right with God is through believing and putting my faith in Jesus, and there's nothing that I can do apart from Christ. Wow. Wowzers. Simple, but it's hard. I believe if we are humble, that God can, Jesus can teach us. 
if we're humble. In God's word, he can teach us. Verse 13. says, but the tax collector, standing far off, didn't want anything to do with this Pharisee. Would not even lift up his eyes to heaven. But beat his breast. And I believe he was humble. He was sensing his sin. He knew there was nothing that he could do. He had nothing to offer God. He was beating his chest, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Merciful to me. The original Greek words are even fewer than what we see here in English. Spurgeon said this, he said, Oh, that men would learn to pray with less of language and more of meaning. What great things are packed away in this short petition. God, mercy, sin, the propitiation, which means appeasing God, the propitiation and forgiveness. All packed into this little prayer. The Greek word for be merciful, I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. The other place that we see it is in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, where it is translated into the propitiation. The propitiation. The appeasement of God. That God is appeased at through his son Jesus, our faith in Jesus, that God is appeased. That Christ had become like you and I in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17. He had become like you and I. He had come in the flesh to become like you and I, to become, to atone for our sins. That Christ in his sacrifice, that he atoned for our sins. It's the same word here, to be merciful. So basically the tax collector said this. God, have mercy on me. Through Jesus, I'm a sinner. God, have mercy on me. Through Jesus, I'm a sinner. He saw himself simply as a man who was a sinner and needed God's grace and needed God's mercy. And if we are humble, we can learn truth. In verse 14, it says, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The tax collector humbled himself. He brought himself low, and he was justified. His sins were atoned for, and thus he was exalted. He was lifted up high because of Christ. He was exalted. He was forgiven. Talking about pride, imagine how the Pharisees, how they took this news. That Jesus was saying that a tax collector had it together and understood better than they did. As someone who was a sinner who probably never did anything in their eyes to be right with God. And Jesus was saying, he got it right and you're getting it wrong. 
Man, that just had to like punch their pride, just square on. But Jesus didn't hold back truth. The Bible says God will, here it says God will humble the proud if we refuse to be humble. So for the application for today, C.S. Lewis said this. He said, when we try really hard to be humble and we get there, we become proud of ourselves for getting there and then we have to start all over again. Anyone with me on that one? It's like, yes, I'm humble. And they're like, oh, no, that was, now I'm prideful about it. Like, I don't know, I got to start all over. So honestly, we really just, we need to pray. We need to pray that God, the God of the universe, would humble us. That he would humble us that we would truly desire him and his will, that we would fear him, we would walk with him, that we would be in awe of him, that we would tremble in front of him, that we would serve him and love him and know him, and we would put ourselves below everyone else to serve them, just as Christ did, that we would not see ourselves better than anyone else, that we would have humility we need to pray for that, that God would do that work within us. So don't be like the lion and thinking you are all king of your own world. The parable says this, it says, Jesus told this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous, that they were right with God, and they despised others. Be humble. Admit that you are a sinner. Be like a child. Have nothing to offer to God except for your humility, except for your faith in Jesus, except for your willingness to follow Him. All of these things that we do to try to please God does not please God outside of Christ, outside of a relationship. So come to God as a child, as a beggar, with nothing to offer, ready to humble yourself and give your life to Christ. It's a true life in Christ that we talk about. And it's not just eternal life. It's a life on this earth. It's a life of joy, of purpose, of meaning, of eternal significance. It's a life of hardship, but it's a life of joy to know that you are serving God and that He is doing work within you that's going to last for eternity. Like People's lives are going to be impacted by the work that He does through you. That, that's going to last for eternity. Not that we would be prideful and get credit from it, but that God would get the glory. It's the local church that he designed. It's the way that Christ designed it for you and I to be praying that others would come to know him and serve him and follow him. And that they would be released from this bondage of I got to try harder. I got to be the best that I can be and do the best that I can do to be right with God. And when they fail, they feel miserable and they don't know what to do. It's because they don't know the true gospel. 
They don't know that Christ, and he said it is finished, to tell us that it is finished on the cross. There's nothing left to do, that you are saved, that he holds you in his righteous right hand. He's not going to let you go. He is proud of you. He loves you. That your identity is in Christ. You don't have to be someone that you're not. You can be who you are in Christ, who he created you to be. That is the true life that I want to live, that I want you to live. It's freeing. It's being who God created you to be. And you can't have that without humility. And you can't have that without a personal relationship with Jesus. And you can't have that without following Christ. If you've never done that before, you've never given your life Say, Lord, I want, I for, forgive me of my sins. I want to know you and follow you the rest of my life. I want to lay all these things at your feet that I've been trying to do to be right with you. I'm going to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I'm going to let him work within me. If you've never done that today, I would ask that you would pray. That you would go to the throne of the Lord in fear in awe and trembling as a child who needs their father. I want you to look to the cross. That's why we have the cross behind me, one of the symbols that we use here in the church. We use it because it's where Jesus bled. It's where he died for me, for you. And it's the most humbling self-sacrificing act that anyone has ever done. And it's love that they would lay down their lives for their friends. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we can do nothing apart from you. Nothing. So, Lord, we come to you today humbly. We come to you today like the tax collector. Lord, there's nothing that I can do to offer you. I know there's something wrong. At times, I only lift up my eyes to heaven because... I'm a sinner, and you're holy. And that right there is where God works. Lord, we ask you for your mercy. We ask you for your grace through Jesus. Forgive us. Forgive us of our pride. Help us to be humble. Help us to be more like Jesus. And when we fail and we will, we know that we have a Heavenly Father who loves us. You love us, Lord. 
You, are, you will forgive us. You will pick us up and dust us off. And you will help us to be more like Jesus. Lord, help us to come to you in awe and fear and, and humility. Help us to see you clearly for who you are and who we are. Thank you for Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. Because apart from that, we had no way of being right with you. There was only one who lived the perfect life, and that was Jesus. Thank you for making a way for us to be right with you. It's simple, but it's hard. Putting our faith and trust in Jesus is simple. Putting our pride aside is hard. Help us to lay that aside. Help us to put our faith in Jesus. Help us to lay our pride aside so we pray more. That we are dependent upon you more. Lord, we love you. You're a good father. And all God's people said, Amen. Mm-hmm.